Okay, here we go. Adam Salipski in the house. Oh my gosh, starting out with Guns N' Roses. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to AWS reInvent. Live from reInvent in Las Vegas, this is AWS Insiders, an original podcast by CloudFix about the services, patterns, and future of cloud computing at AWS. CloudFix is a tool that finds and implements 100% safe AWS recommended cost savings. That's fixes, not just analytics. I'm Hilary Doyle, joined as always by Rahul Subramaniam, and we will be joined later in the show by special guests from the FinOps Foundation, J.R. Stormont and Joe Daly. Hey, Rahul. Hey, Hilary, and welcome to your very first hey. live reInvent. Thank you. Okay, Rahul, Adam Salipsky has just left the reInvent stage. There is so much to discuss, and I know it's been a real emotional roller coaster for you. We've been watching his keynote with friends and guests hanging out in the suite that Adele kindly left for us. <laughs> As I mentioned, it has a sauna. It also has a dipping pool and a bathtub that I now live in. We're in the Caesars <laughs> Palace compound, and when in fake Rome, this is how Rahul Subramaniam hosts a watch party. But before we get into it, you watched Peter DeSantis's keynote last night. I missed it because I accidentally took our team to a sex show. Uh, to be clear, this is not how the show is advertised, but uh, would you please briefly give us your top takeaway from DeSantis? Yeah, so I mean, watching Peter's keynotes is always fascinating for me as an engineer. Right. The two big things that came out of uh, the keynote yesterday, the Graviton 3E instances, the new chips that they've created, the new instance types that they are now bringing in, we, of course, had the C7G, which was the Graviton 3 instance. Now you have the new C7GN. Oh, man, this is going to be you know, twisting in my tongue for a while. Um, that's really cool. Great for network appliances. And then you've got the new HPC computing-based instances uh, that were announced yesterday. So, yeah, a lot of very interesting engineering-oriented uh, announcements yesterday. Great. Okay, back to story time with Adam Salipsky. We know, <laughs> we know that Adam appreciates the epic theme. This year was no exception. Global unrest and recession are obviously top of mind, and Adam explored the theme of exploration and how to survive and thrive whilst exploring. In other words, the economy may be terrible, the world is falling apart, but that does not mean you should stop spending. Innovation's got to persist. One notable early quote from Adam, if you're looking to tighten your belt, the cloud is the place to do it. Um, there was a usual fire hose of announcements, serverless everything, better performance, easier data integrations, lower costs, heavy focus on security, ML, federated queries, data, supply chain. Did anything surprise you about this morning? To be very honest, I thought Adam missed the opportunity to make a lot of very interesting announcements around how customers could actually leverage all of this stuff. It felt like a keynote that was steering itself to address arguments against the cloud, and he was just trying to tighten every uh, argument that customers usually make about moving their workloads to the cloud, but offered very little guidance on things that would make them definitively move to the cloud or move to AWS in particular. And it was a lot of storytelling that in places didn't even seem to connect very well. We were in Antarctica, and I felt <laughs> like that, that was an unusual pivot, was not prepared uh, yeah. for the tone shift. You, you've been very vocal about wanting to hear more about 
AWS taking hold of how customers should be using their products. Are you seeing that culture shift at all? I think today they had a special focus on their supply chain tool, which is brand new. And they brought back AWS Connect, where they've taken a vertical problem and created a solution very specific to that problem. And that's how they are packaging up their opinions. Because now they're literally telling customers how they should manage the supply chain. Mm -hmm. And they've already been you know, telling their customers how they should be managing their contact centers, but without actually telling them how they should be managing their contact centers. So I think this is the middle ground in, you know, that kind of satisfies AWS's culture, as well as helping customers navigate this super massive space of AWS services. Uh, top product, top announcement for you coming out of this keynote. I wish they had done more to address customers' concerns about you know, the cloud being more expensive in their view. Mm -hmm. But I think the push to serverless was definitely the underscored, you know, theme that they were continuing from last year. They obviously had a lot of the Aurora, Redshift, all of them moved to serverless last mm -hmm. year. And now with the last piece, which is OpenSearch, also offered as serverless, their entire analytics platform moves there. And so it really helps customers scale up and down elastically. I think what Adam was trying to communicate to the, to the customer base was the only way to be cost effective is to try and adopt elasticity right. in your consumption. Instead of, having, instead of predicting exactly what you will need and provisioning it for, for it in advance, the more agile you are in terms of consuming all the resources, you know, scale up when you want, scale down when you want. He said that about like three or four times. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that is the message to the customers. Leverage elasticity, build your stuff to be elastic in nature, and the more serverless you get, elasticity becomes really easy to leverage because AWS does all the hard work for you. Got it. Rahul has spoken. Let's open up the floor. <laughs> AWS has helped popularize the concept of cost optimization, but more and more cost optimization can't be divorced from FinOps. So we have brought in the kingpins of FinOps, the godfathers of the FinOps Foundation, J.R. Stormont is the executive director at the FinOps Foundation. Joe Daly is the foundation's director of community. The FinOps Foundation is a financial management discipline and cultural practice for the cloud. Basically, the foundation helps to pull engineering, tech, finance, and business together to help maximize efficiencies across speed and savings and quality. I mean, who does not want that? Hold on to your hats, people. Welcome to the podcast, J.R. and Joe. Thank you, Hillary. She mentioned holding onto our hats because we're literally up here on a roof. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, I got hit in the head by that sign over there with our faces on it. It's a nice view, though. <laughs> yeah, it is a nice view. It's, it's worth it for the wind. Um, you guys focus hard on the economics of cloud computing. Um, there were fewer direct cost optimization announcements this morning, which was a surprise to us. More of an assumption, I guess, that if you're with AWS, then cost optimization is just built into the package. You've already got it. Should business believe this? Well, I think the beauty of cloud is you only pay for what you use. But the challenge with cloud is you How pay you for that? everything you use, whether or not you're actually getting value out of it, right? right? And so I think, you know, to Rahul's earlier point, there was a lot of storytelling, uh, which I saw really as them opening up new markets into which they could sell software. There was less 
specific announcements as we've seen. This is my ninth reInvent. Uh, you know, I, I miss the days of them driving semi-trucks on stage when they were, like, announcing Snowball. There used to be these big, like, we're doing this amazing new thing. And this one felt like a lot of integrations and fine-tuning in terms of product announcements. But really, like, now we can do omics and bionomics and proteinomics and, you know, various areas. So... No. <laughs> Talk a little more about that. Okay, so this is interesting. I mean, this is my first reInvent, and I think for a lot of our listeners, they're, you know, they're learning about reInvent in real time. Why do you think this feels like a toned-down experience for you this year, Joe? I, I think, tease Rahul, I think you said it was a missed opportunity. And I think it was a missed opportunity, honestly. I'm, I'm, they have great potential, and I just think in this time, in this place where there's a lot of economic uncertainties that just hammering down on here is how you can increase the economic value by leveraging our services and just hammering that point home on every announcement. I just assumed they were going to do that. And, but I, I mean, I did get a really great lesson on Antarctic exploration. <laughs> yeah, I know. Amundsen, what a guy. I'm, I mean, he's who you want on a desert island. I mean, I want him on my FinOps team. It felt like a thinly veiled jab at Microsoft or Google or Oracle, which yeah. was basically the story of like the winner takes all. And the story, for those yeah. who didn't see it, was that, you know, there were two teams racing to the South Pole. And the team that won not only got remembered for it, the other team basically died on their return and are not remembered. And it, it was sort of... Except yeah. they're both named at the South Pole, which I felt like... Consolation okay. prize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think, you know, the thing that stood out, and it was the consistent from all the keynotes, right, is that there's always the announcements. You were mentioning all the new instance types, right? So the, I'm not even remember all the new acronyms, but, the, the you know, and, and the common theme that, you know, 4X more performance, more throughput, which ultimately speaks directly to the cost optimization piece, mm -hmm. right? Move to these. Um, and I think, you know, fewer blockers now to move to them. Um, you know, some of the announcements last night, you were talking about, you know, more IO and throughput and some of the size instances that historically, you know, didn't have it, which gives you more abilities to optimize as you go. Yeah, I think there was a, definitely an opportunity to separate out, you know, here is how you optimize your existing stuff and here's how you innovate. Mm. And that would have been a great way to separate out that keynote like you can say, here's how you optimize your current spend, you know, take away all these savings and then go invest it in all this new innovation. Mm -hmm. That's going to be really exciting for your business, especially in the current economic landscape. And I think that was the big missed opportunity to separate that out, help give customers greater clarity about what they should do. Mm -hmm. I always find these announcements, the most, the, what they do most often is increase the cost of my tech debt. <laughs> because there's all these great services, all these serverless things. Yeah. And I, you know, when I was a practitioner and I had just hundreds and hundreds of different types of applications I was helping uh, do the, the FinOps management with, with those teams, there were teams that could take advantage of those services as soon as they were released. And that was really exciting and the great stories and is great value. But the vast majority of the application teams I was supporting are doing IaaS. Right. You know, it's hosting. And so, like, I... I I mean, I think the most exciting announcement I heard from that perspective was uh, IFN instances with the high throughput. I'm like, oh, right. I could host databases a little bit cheaper. <laughs> the big thing that stood out that I was really happy to see them talking about was all the data analytics and making the accessibility mm -hmm. of those things better. Because underlying the entire FinOps discipline is visibility and collaboration accessibility of data in order to drive more accountability for cloud spend in order to drive better investments you can innovate where needed save where needed in all those areas and so 
the announcements around, you know, well, first of all, all the serverless stuff for Redshift and those yeah. things were great in terms of, you know, the, the levers you can pull to turn things on and off, but that you could start to do no ETL Redshift with, you know, Spark queries and all these different things plugged in. To me, it was like, okay, great. Well, there's a better way to start accessing a lot of the data and then push that stuff into some small announcements around QuickSight, uh, you know, the... Oddly, the ability to print QuickSight <laughs> dashboards was like, yes, because, you know, part of the issue with FinOps data is that you need to get it out of the cloud and out of, if you're using a FinOps platform, platform and get into the path of the engineer, or in the case of the printing the QuickSight dashboard, get into the path of the executive, right? And that's been a big challenge is getting that, that data out. So, you know, a lot of what they're doing is, we, we always joke that every, every time AWS makes announcements about more features and more granularity and per second billing or millisecond, it makes FinOps more and more relevant because the challenge gets harder, the data gets bigger, the confusion gets deeper. So while they give us more levers to pull, they're also adding to the complexity the practitioner has to deal with. Do you think that that's the hardest piece for FinOps applicability or FinOps pickup pick right now? The, the more services that there are to you, well, my goodness, what they said, there's 600 instance types. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that made me sweat. I was like, last year it was 450, and this it, year it's like 600 plus. In reality, like most companies probably need eight. Yeah. So it, and so you have 600 choices that your team's going to need to choose which ones are we going to enable for our organizations and make sure that it's secure, patchable, um, and, and that they meet all of the compliance of that specific company. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, it's it's fantastic to have a wealth of options, but it can also lead to the inability to make a decision on what should we do, what's the best thing to do, and it's really hard. So you need that data to be able to make choices, and that's the beauty. My, my favorite thing about the cloud is the amount of billing data you can get, mm -hmm. and you can really start to iterate and, and learn uh, from your POCs and you test, and you're like, oh, this is good. This and is that's that Nirvana state of FinOps, yeah. which is the data-driven decision-making by the teams at the edge. Mm -hmm. um, but ultimately, I mean, to the question of, you know, how it intersects with FinOps world, I mean, it's funny, you know, we pulled some numbers recently about companies participating in the FinOps Foundation. You mentioned the 86%, you know, we, right. we just ran out of the Fortune 50. There's 86% of the Fortune 50 in the FinOps Foundation right now. And yeah. so we're seeing a real mirroring, obviously, because these companies are dealing with the complexity at ABS, but also mm -hmm. dealing with the complexity of Google and Microsoft and all the other services out there because the enterprises have this huge multi-cloud billing data issue in our world, which is how do you, first of all, even understand it, and then how do you start to marry together, normalize it, and then make those decisions that Joe's talking about. The back you have to keep, keep at it, and you keep getting better at it. I mean, if the external variables stopped evolving, which is if AWS stopped doing new services, if our use of AWS you know, just stopped uh, progressing in somehow in in some manner, I would say yeah we'd we'd probably be static and you know we we could probably achieve a certain state of maturity and kind of stop at that. But everything is changing. The economic scenario is changing. AWS services are changing. The way we use uh, AWS services is constantly changing because we're evolving. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I mean there are still so many announcements being made on basic barebone infrastructure like instances, but then. In my world, all the value is actually in moving up to the higher order services where things can get orders of magnitude cheaper and more efficient and effective, starting to use serverless. Like you have to move up the stacks and people are gonna be in different places across their portfolio, across their applications, across you know people. 
And that's what where the innovation what comes. Right? Yeah. yeah, ultimately. Right. That was great to see so much of the focus on they're moving away from talking about infrastructure as much and everything is now serverless underpinned. Which... Correct. Actually, we missed out one of the big announcements, which is a no ETL future. They took something that is manual, mundane, yeah. and painful for the practitioners and putting all the data together is one of the hardest things, which is why you're not able to leverage most of it. And they're doing having that as a vision. I thought that should have been really, really big and should have been the whole team. That data yeah. service catalog was... And it got yeah. lost in the story. Keep me honest on the no ETL thing, though. It's, you, the data needs to be in Amazon first, right? They were talking yeah. about no ETL yes. between uh, Redshift and Aurora, right? And it sort of, it felt like, and they got into running Spark on there and then the, the Q thing in, in um, Redshift, yes. or sorry, in QuickSight, which lets you query the data. Correct. It felt like they were in that part really moving away from speaking to the technologists and starting to talk to the business people, which is, hey, you want to ask a question of your data about the top 10 biggest spenders or biggest things, you can do that really quickly and easily. And that was kind of, a, it, in that way, I think the story worked really well, which is we've got your data, we're making it easy, now we're going to give the business insights you need. Correct. JR and Joe, thank you so much for being with us. Thank, thank you, you so you much, Hillary. Thank you so much for coming. This is so much fun. Okay, Rahul, for the next three days of this epic reinvention, we are taking audience questions for you. Reinvent, not reinvention. No, I was saying it's a it's oh, an epic re reinvention. Sorry. Yeah, like today's epic exploration. <laughs> it was it was wordcraft, Rahul. <laughs> Um, and we're going to start with this question from Lauren. Um, your guest yesterday talked about there being a need for different chips for different instances. Basically, the idea that there might not be a one-size-fits-all solution in the future. What do you think of that? Lauren is referring to what we heard yesterday from Brad Smith at AMD. Lovely guest. Rahul, no one-size-fits-all in the future. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, I think uh, the big movement that AWS has kind of pushed for is to have the right technology for the right job. Yeah. Instead of having uh, good enough, I think that's something that Adam talked about today. And yeah, good enough is not good enough. It's not good enough. And uh, Andy Jassy has actually been talking about it for about five years now. You're really missing where... <laughs> Andy Jassy. Are you okay? Should we take a moment for you to just... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean again, as a technologist, yeah, I, I, I loved uh, Andy's uh, keynotes. It felt like Andy Jassy was directly addressing technologists and he would, the, the, the entire keynote was kind of geared towards that. Adams feels more marketing oriented. But the point uh, that AWS has always been trying to push is when you get specialized to, do, to build a certain kind of tool to address a certain kind of problem, you can get cheaper, you can get faster, you can get more scalable and more elastic at the same time. But if you try to build a you know, jack of all trades kind of tool, that try to do a little bit of something, a little bit of something else. You never do anything really, really well. You do everything at a very average level. And I think that is something that AWS has enabled. Now, historically, when you're on-prem, you want to just have one thing to manage. But as we move to the cloud, that whole constraint kind of goes away because you've got these managed services that you can pull in. So you can have an OLTP database for your transactions. You can have an OLAP, I mean, the entire analytics platform that they talked about today to do just analytics. You can separate out those concerns and do an amazing job of both of them independently and not have to be constrained by one tool, say Oracle, <laughs> that tries to do everything for you uh, and doesn't succeed in doing anything really well. 95 people in the lobby just took a shot. Um, <laughs> before we go, would you give us a look ahead for tomorrow, one thing you're expecting to hear or would like to? Okay, so the buzz is that there's going to be 
tons of new announcements around ML and AI stuff. Got it. Um, d- during Swami's keynote. My guess is there's going to be tons of conversations about managing your entire ETL pipeline. There's going to be a, you know, uh, doubling down on the focus on being ETL free mm-hmm. as a future. And so the more machine learning and analytics and AI that comes into managing all your data, understanding what it means automatically and being able to merge them all together and integrate them together, that's going to be a big theme in the keynote tomorrow. And then, of course, all the new instance type that just allows you to automatically create all these insights from your data, that's going to be a big part of it. So I know all the all the machine learning and AI teams that I've spoken to, again, they remain very tight-lipped, but you can make out that Every team has something that they're anticipating in the announcements uh, that are going to come tomorrow. So I'm really looking forward to Swami's keynote tomorrow. Okay, you heard it here first. That's it for now. Much more to come. We will be reacting to Swami Shiva Subramaniam's talk in tomorrow's special episode, episode three. Can you believe it? Wow. And in the meantime, please send us your reactions to podcast at cloudfix.com. Rate, review. Yeah. Five stars, please, only. (laughs) And uh, yeah, see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Me too.